Alright, let's go ahead and get started with the word of prayer and we'll see what the Lord has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we do thank you for a nice warm building that you've allowed us to worship in tonight. Lord, I ask that your presence would be in our presence. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. We'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, brother, I believe somebody's going to come up here and lead the music and here shortly. And Five twelve. and we're getting white showers right now.
right, let's go ahead and be seated and turn over to 495. Count your blessings. for you but keep remembering that without him we aren't where we are today all right I do appreciate you getting out today didn't realize it was going to be so slick I had a few people saying that pastor got a little slick out there I apologize for that anytime you feel uncomfortable um, Lord understands, I believe, and uh, you don't feel comfortable driving in it. Please stay home. We don't want you to risk it because uh, I didn't. I didn't leave the church today. I've been here since uh, 7:30 this morning, so I, I didn't know what the weather was like. So, uh, Brother Travis calls me at 5:30 and says it's snowing out, and I said it is, and uh, so I had no idea. But anytime you feel uncomfortable, please stay at home. We've got uh, we've got it on um, the internet. And you can watch uh, the, the message, uh, the service on the internet. All right. Well, I do hope and pray that you've been blessed today and been encouraged already to be in the Lord's house. We had good services this morning. Uh, pray for those two that raised their hands this morning about uh, needing salvation. And uh, so you pray for them, and the Lord will uh, work in their hearts, and they'll, they'll, uh, they have my number. And so if, uh, if the Lord deals with them, uh, they'll uh, trust the Lord all right, we're going to be in the book of Acts. I'm going to try not to keep you real late tonight because, uh, uh, because of the weather. Uh, but Acts chapter 28 is where we're going to be. Look in verse 16. Uh, let's, let's start in verse 17. This is when Paul arrives in, in Rome. It says, And it came to pass that after three days Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they uh, were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people... Or customs of our fathers, yet was I de uh, delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. 
who when they had examined me would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, uh, not that I had aught to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said unto him, We neither receive letters out of Judah, Judea, or Judah, uh, concerning there uh, neither any uh, of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. And for as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere, everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the, the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both of the, uh, out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto the, this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of the people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that uh, they will hear it. Aren't you thankful for that verse? It's sent to the Gentiles there. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, and great reasoning among themselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God, and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus and Jesus Christ with all uh, confidence, no man forbidden him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, just to break and open the bread of life. Lord, I pray that you would give us something uh, tonight to help us get through the rest of the week. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just speak to us. And, and uh, Lord, will not fail to thank you and give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of this book, of the book of Acts here, the emphasis seems to be on the Apostle Paul and his conduct and his life here. We observe him in action as he finally steps into Rome and then we see his activities while he is in Rome. When Paul makes it to Rome, he lives there for two whole years and in his own hired house, the Bible says there. Paul was literally under house arrest. And when Paul makes it to Rome, he lives there for two years and and uh, people came uh, from afar off to see Paul, and uh, day after day he received he received visitors. And however, he was not at liberty to go where he wanted to go, but people could come in and see him and talk to him. And so I think uh, all of us would probably admit that Paul is a fine example of a Christian. I mean, if you just understood the background, I didn't go into a lot of liberty of telling you exactly what was going on here, but uh, being in the uh, basically under house arrest and not able to go to and where he wanted to go. And, uh, but you'll find out there's some things about the Apostle Paul that I think is a fine example of a great Christian. 
and how we knew that we can use him as an example. The Bible teaches that there, these were examples for us, that, uh, things that we can learn from. And these people in the Bible we can learn from. I want us just to see three things tonight. I want you to notice, number one, notice the Apostle Paul's ca- his conduct. The situation was far from perfect. I mean, uh, it wasn't even pleasant. And, but we do not find Paul complaining or murmuring or, or griping about his situation. You know, if we were in the same uh, circumstances, I, I would probably say I'd be griping a little bit. I'd be complaining a little bit about, uh, hey, I don't get to go here. I don't get to do what I want to do. How often are we guilty of grum, uh, you know, grumbling and, and complaining uh, about our present circumstances? We don't find the apostle with a bad attitude here. And I'd like to say nobody likes to be around a person with a bad attitude or grumbles and gripes all the time. No one likes that. And I'd like to say that about that I always have the right kind of attitude, but I can't say that. Here we see in 1 Thessalonians, uh, the Bible tells us what Paul says. He says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. He says, in everything give thanks. This is his conduct. This is his attitude throughout his life. Some of the most unpleasant, non-Christ-like people I've ever known. They're sound biblically. I mean, they're straight as an arrow. Uh, They're separated from the world, yet they're sour in their their disposition. I mean, they are just... You don't want to be around them because they're a bunch of grumps. And how can we balance being a Christian and... and, uh, and having excitement for the things of God. I believe that Paul was an exciting person to be around. I believe people came from afar off just to hear and see the Apostle Paul. And I believe that we look at the Apostle Paul's attitude, how he looked at things, and we'll see the, why uh, he, what made him such a, uh, a good Christian. And we'll have a better understanding. Number one, our letter A there, he was joyful. You know, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 16, it says... Rejoice evermore. Now that literally means that no matter what the circumstances are in life, we need to rejoice. And this was the Apostle Paul's attitude through uh, whether he was in prison, whether he was out preaching the gospel, or whether he was witnessing to a single person. He was rejoicing. He was always rejoicing. You may think, well, he didn't have it like we did, Pastor. You're right. He didn't have it like us. Let's read what, what happened in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was, was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A day and a night I have been in the deep and in journeys, of, uh, in journeys often, in perils of water and in perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils of the heathen. And perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and wilderness, and painfulness, and weariness, and painfulness, and watchings often, and hunger, and thirst, and fainting off, fasting often, and cold, and nakedness. No, I, I have to say, the Apostle Paul didn't have it like we did. Uh, we, he didn't have it like we do. Uh, the Apostle Paul had it much worse than what we could ever imagine. None of us had ever been beaten like that or shipwrecked like that or had to suffer those things. The command to rejoice evermore is somewhat startling in, the, in, this, in this letter because it's to a suffering people. Uh, it must have struck the readers of something of a paradox 
Yet Paul had learned the secret of joy. His joy wasn't in the circumstances. His joy wasn't in the surroundings. His joy was in the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, joy does not depend on those things, the circumstances. For in the world, the Christian will have tribulation. The Bible teaches us that, hey, we will have tribulation. But the ground for lasting joy is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has said this, a religion that makes a man look sick certainly won't cure the world. And I, I believe as a Christian, I think we ought to... I, we, God said He would give us life and have it, we could have it more abundantly. I mean, we ought to be able to enjoy life. Talked to the teenagers last week about uh, enjoying life, how uh, life isn't supposed to be a, a bunch of... Uh, you know, bad news, and, and we're supposed to rejoice and have a good time in the things of the Lord. In Philippians 4.4 4 says, the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. We often say, well, I, I can rejoice as long as things are going well. See, this is an imperative sentence. Therefore, if we refuse not to rejoice in all things, we are sinning against God. Sad Christianity is directly is a direct rebellion against the express will of God for our lives. God has called us to rejoice in all things. But not only did I see that he had joy, but I also see that he was prayerful. He was joyful. He was prayerful. The Bible says there in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians, it says, Pray without ceasing. Prayer was important in the early church, and prayer is important today. Prayer was vital back then. Prayer is vital today. Brother Danny, again, done, uh, he done uh, a message yesterday on prayer. And, and uh, it was, he done the acronym ACTS. And uh, one is uh, adoration. And I, I remember this, Brother Danny. I, I uh, took it home and I, st I started thinking about it. Adoration. And then the C stood for confession. And then thankfulness. And then uh, supplication. And I believe prayer is vital for the Christian how we need to have prayer needs to be important in our lives. Now, the Bible says pray without ceasing. This does not mean that we must always be mumbling prayers. What it means is that, that word, it means constantly reoccurring, not continuously occurring. We are to keep the receiver off the hook and be in touch with God at all times that we can just speak out to Him during the day at any time, not allowing sin to come in between our fellowship with God. Do you realize that God is waiting for you to call upon Him? I mean, God is waiting. The Creator of the universe is waiting to hear from you. That does something for me. See, He said, I love... Um, do you realize that God is waiting to hear from you? And, and David said in Psalm 116, he said this, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. David said that. Think about it, folks. We have the God of all power, the God of all wisdom, the God of all love who has inclined his ear to us. He wants to hear from us. The songwriter wrote this. He said, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what pain we often bear. Why? All because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. Not only that, I see he was joyful and he was prayerful, but I also see he was thankful. There in verse 18 it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God 
in Christ Jesus concerning you. Every experience, every situation, every circumstance, every occasion is an opportunity for us to praise and thank God for. You say, what do you mean? It doesn't matter how hard or difficult the situation is. We can thank God. We can praise Him for it because He's right there with us. You may think, but you don't know the problems that I'm facing. Well, it doesn't make a difference if we understand the problems. It doesn't matter the, the circumstances you're going through. It's still a command that we're to be thankful. We're to be thankful in everything. It's a command, not a suggestion. What constitutes an example of being a fine Christian? I believe the Apostle Paul was a good example. We see it in his conduct. How's our conduct? Do we have the right kind of attitude? Are we thankful? Are we joyful? Are we prayerful? But then, number two, I want you to notice his character. This morning in Sunday school class, we taught on integrity. I asked the teenagers, you know, tell me an example. Someone that had integrity. Some said David. David had some integrity. Yeah, he did. I said, the one person that comes to my mind is Job. The Bible said that he was a perfect man. And, uh, and uh, more. I mean, that means spiritually mature. And uh, not that he was sinless, but that he was mature spiritually. And uh, you see, can I tell you, greatness is revealed during hard times. True character is revealed during hard times. Most people can live for Christ in the pleasant situations. It's easy to worship and serve God on the mountaintops. But can I tell you, there's valleys coming. The same God of the mountain is the same God in the valley. Most people can live for God when the bills are paid and everyone is healthy. The true test of character, your character, is what you will do when the going gets tough. You know, when I think about this, Paul found himself in prison. He was beaten. But you know what? True character shined through, even during those situations. See, Paul was living for Christ when situations weren't pleasant. He didn't sit and sulk and, and, and sour and during the difficult times. He thought of others. He welcomed others into his home during this time that he was on house arrest. He was wanting people to come in. Why? So he could witness to them, so he can talk to them about the things of the Lord. Paul never gave up. He just kept going. He was a man of integrity. Paul's character was what it was because he was ever conscious of God's presence. I believe that if we would just realize that God is with us, that we, we would understand that, that promise that God said He would never leave us nor forsake us. I believe if we truly understood the reality of that, that it would change our lives. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. God sees us when we're doing right. God sees us when we're doing wrong. We need to be conscious of the God's presence in our lives. No matter what time of day it is, God is right there with us. How we need to practice the presence of the Lord in our lives. Living in the light of His presence will keep us from sin. Someone said that in a message one time and I wrote it down. Living in the light of His presence will keep us from sin. If we truly realize His presence, that it would transform our lives. But also Paul's character was what it was because he was ever conscious of God's promises. Paul knew that God loved him no matter what came his way. 
And Paul knew that God would come through somehow. Listen, I, I think of the three Huber boys whenever they were there cast into the fiery furnace. They said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful in answering thee. We're not going to bow down to you, but listen, our God can deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. That's what they said. See, they were ever conscious of God's promises, that God was going to be seeing through no matter what. If they burnt in the fire, they were, they were aware that God was going to get them through it. I didn't say he was going to save their life. They were just aware that God was going to take them over to the next life. We need to be ever conscious of God's promises, but also ever conscious of God's power. Paul knew that only God makes all things work together for good. Only God can do that. Many of us use our circumstances as an excuse for defeat. However, Paul relied on the sufficiency of God's grace. Paul depended on God's power. But then I see Paul's character was what it was because of his ever con- he was ever conscious of God's providence. Paul knew that there was nothing going to come into his life that God didn't already know was going to come into his life. Do you realize that tonight? No matter what, no matter what comes our way, God has already approved it. God has already allowed it to happen in your life. We can be aware that God is in control of all things. Paul was fully persuaded that where God put him, there was he was supposed to be doing a work there. Wherever God's got you in this life right now, on the job, whatever position, listen, God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. We need to fulfill that purpose and plan. Paul knew that where God, where man would rule, God would overrule. But then I want you to notice the final thing tonight. Notice the concerns. Notice his concerns. I want to suggest some truths that must have been constantly on the Apostle Paul's mind. You know what he thought about all the time? The condition of sinners. He thought about where people would go if they were to die and spend eternity. The lost, let me tell you, the Bible teaches us that the lost will spend eternity in hell. It's not a a place where the Bible says where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. Paul was conscious. He was always concerned about the condition of sinners. He realized that men are hopeless without Christ. He also realized men are helpless without Christ. Folks, we need to, we need to have some things on our minds. And this is one of the things that we need to have on our minds is the condition of sinners. If they were to die without Christ, they will spend eternity in hell. But also the commission of the saints. He thought about this. Paul gave much consideration to the truth that we have we have been given a commission. Folks, God has called each one of us not just to sit on pews but to be his sounding board, to to be his mouthpiece if you will, to speak out and tell others about Christ. See, God has given us the task to evangelize the world. He gave us the marching orders. One I'm teaching a class a Bible class and yeah, pastoral theology there at the college. And one of the, cl- one of the questions I have on there is, uh, who did God give the marching orders to? God gave the church the marching orders. It wasn't just to his disciples. It wasn't just to a certain class of people. It was to every born-again Christian, every born-again believer. God has called us all to go out and evangelize the world. 
This must surely have been the reason for the continual activity of the Apostle Paul from his prison cell, how he witnessed to people in prison, in prison, out of prison. He was instant in season, out of season. Paul knew that he was commissioned of the Lord to be a witness. Witnessing for Christ was not a seasonal thing. Sometimes we think, well, the weather's bad outside. Well, that's okay. You don't have to go out door knocking because I can tell you this. Most people probably won't invite you in their, homes, their houses, but you can be a witness outside. You can tell people at the market. You can tell people you come in contact with. You can talk to them about the things. And also witnessing not only is it not seasonal, but it's not optional. God didn't say, oh, I just want certain people to do it. No, it's not an option. God has commanded, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That ye is you. That's every person. Paul witnessed, notice this in, the, in our text here, Paul witnessed from morning till evening. Look at verse 23 of Acts 28. It says, And when they had opportunity or appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both of the, out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. Notice this, from morning till evening. It wasn't a season. It wasn't a time period. God, he was just a witness. See, you could lock Paul up, but you couldn't shut him up. Aren't you thankful for that? But then I want you to notice the final thing here. This is another thing that was a concern, something that he thought about constantly, is the coming of the Savior. The return of the Savior is mentioned in every one of his writings. You, you study it out. Every one of his writings, he talks about the coming of the Lord. Paul was ever looking for the return of Christ. Paul was taken up with the Savior. The Savior has always the message on the Apostle Paul's heart. Look there at verse 31. It says, Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidden him. He preached Christ with all confidence. Paul did more with limited opportunities than the rest of us do with unlimited opportunities. What makes of a good Christian? I believe these things will help us to be a better Christian if we will just have the right kind of conduct. I believe that, and that we need to be joyful and prayerful, and that we need to be thankful. But also I believe we need to have the right kind of character, the right kind of character. But then those things that we think about, those things that are on our minds, the condition of the loss, the coming of our Savior, what are you thinking about today? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't want to be known as the best Christian. I remember Pastor Ross preaching a message. And he titled it, Good is Good Enough. I don't want to be known as the best. I just want to be known as, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If we'll just be faithful, we'll be good. I believe that we can live a successful Christian life. I, as I was studying this out, I realized there are some areas in my life that I'm not... That's not added up to what it should be. 
I want to challenge you. Find a place at the altar and just do business with God and say, Lord, help me to have the right kind of conduct, the right kind of character, and have the right things that I'm concerned about. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for the folks that were able to come out tonight. I, I know I, uh, Lord, I didn't want to keep them late tonight due to the weather, but Lord, I pray that you would use this message just as a, uh, something to help them get through. Lord, help them to apply to their lives as, it, as I've applied it to my life. I do thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God, I spoke to your heart. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. How's your conduct? Is it, are you joyful? Are you prayerful? Are you thoughtful? Thankful? How about your character? When no one else is looking, what do you do? And what are those things that you're concerned about? One more verse through and we'll close. a few announcements and we'll take up our offering as the men come forward. I want to remind you next Sunday is our spouse day and uh, invite you to uh, every every day this uh, of this campaign we're wanting you to invite someone to of course next week's going to be uh, spouse day but invite a friend and tell them to bring their uh, we'll have a special day for them and their wife and uh, and we'll do a message geared towards that and then the next week is social group day bring a friend to church and then love your sanctuary day and um, and then want to remind you of prayer breakfast on march the third and then afterwards we'll be having a baby shower for baby amos and they're registered at walmart all right that's all the announcements that i have but luke sir would you please ask a blessing some word of prayer. Thank you for being here. Be careful on, on the roads tonight. Uh, please be careful. And uh, pray for brother. It was, it was your dad that you said slipped today, didn't you? Or is that what you said? Your dad slipped today? Yeah. Joe. Joe. Okay. I thought you said you, I couldn't hear you very well and I thought you said your dad. And so I was asking brother Adam about it and he said, I don't think he fell. Uh, but anyways, Joe fell today. This is brother Travis's brother and law and uh, just pray for him 
and uh, um, I know that they'll appreciate that. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Duke, so would you please uh, close this? Heavenly Father, thank you that, that you love us, that you're gracious and amazing. Um, and Father, thank you that that you let us come out on this evening uh, and be together and just love you and worship you. Father, would you love me, even though we fall short sometimes, but you're rushing your grace uh, ever present for us in our lives. And Father, I pray that you will, uh, that you will have your hand on each and every, on each of us as we leave and go to our homes. Uh, send your angels uh, around our around our cars, as you promised in Psalm 91. And Father, just help us throughout the rest of this week to draw closer to you, to draw closer, closer to your Son Jesus. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.